my theory is that it's helpful for um, a boy to see a, a man close up, mm. day in, day out, mm -hmm. good, bad, rainy, sunny, mm. um, just as a point of you know comparison, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, and if there's nobody there, well, they're, they've got a hard road to hoe. I had, <clears throat> um, it seems to me I, I had 
put them on upstairs in my room. Um, or in our room, really, because I used to sleep in the room with my grandmother. And I was coming down the stairs and tripped and fell. All the way down the oh. stairs to the landing. Yeah. Damn. It was, yeah, which was traumatic, and I, I'm sure that's why I remember it. <laughs> 75 years later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that did, is you, did you cry? Probably. Most likely. More, most likely, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, with embarrassment, if nothing else, because there were a lot of people there, you know, and a lot of relatives, um, I assume, but that's why I was putting on my new cowboy boots oh, to for company. Yeah, see. present yourself present to the yes. family. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, so that's two. The third is one that mm. I've heard some, or, or I heard so much that it's a little hard to know if I really remember this, so I just remember what I heard about it. Sure. Sure. Um, Get this fuzzy. Was, yeah. The line. It's hard to know. Such things. I, I was, I don't know, two or three, very small. And this was when there were streetcars down State Street. And we were getting on the, the streetcar probably to go to church, more than likely. And <laughs> I guess she had put me on the, you know, put me on the streetcar first, <clears throat> or on that first step, whatever it was. Yeah. And then somehow the, the guy used to be called the motorman, but he was kind of the driver. Uh, Close the doors. Uh, and or and then yeah, close the doors. She was outside, I was inside the I was on board. Mm. Uh, and then you know the story was that and what I seem to remember was that I was her running alongside <laughs> screaming to get the, the guy's attention. So he would know what happened. Yeah. Um, people on the streetcar, you know, relayed the message. I knew I could see what was happening and told him, and he stopped, and she got on, and everything was okay. Yeah. But for that five seconds, maybe. Yeah. You know, if that long. Yeah. Um, I was on my own. <laughs> <laughs> What interests me, uh, at huh. least as much as anything, is that uh, the things I remember were trauma. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. it's not, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't remember any warm and fuzzy, you know, anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that that thing, <laughs> that biological thing <laughs> that right. people bring up all the time, which were a little more seemingly a little more bent to towards threat detection remember that sure um, like I, I guess that's absences from the norm of a goodness that prevails right and uh 
well-being that prevails. What we remember is the moments where it was not. Or that's like the bias. Right. The survival bias. Right. Yeah, yeah. evidently. <laughs> so those are three of the earliest, earliest things I, I remember. Uh-huh. Uh, and you know, there are lots of others. But, uh, Those are probably the oldest. Yeah, I can stretch up. That's cool. What have you have you thought about them anymore? Like impact a little bit. Hardly ever. Um, And actually, probably the one I've thought the most about is would be number four. And this is just an impression, you know, nothing specific happening. Mm. But um, here again, I was with my mother. This was at night, bedtime. We were sitting on uh, her bed, and my crib was next to it. There was, there was a walking space between the two, but that's really all. Okay. And on the end of the crib was what today would probably be a decal, but then it might have actually been a painting yeah. uh, of a dog. Mm. And, and I, I mean, I, <clears throat> I remember that because I've heard, or you know, heard uh, also in the distant past that dog was the first word I said. Uh. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, so it's this little uh, kind of woven ball of a, of a memory of associations. <laughs> and, right. And it's this little, like, yeah, little sphere. Uh, exactly that right. memory. A little uh, crystal ball. <laughs> 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 I see this, uh, this little, little dog on, on the end of my crib. I don't remember what kind of dog. No. It was. no. Cute. It was cute. <laughs> it was it cute? It dog. was like puppy. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, think about that, I guess, primarily because words are pretty much my business, and uh, dog was the first one. And I remember sitting on the, on, on, in that same spot, um, when she was, I don't know, maybe deliberately, I suppose deliberately, teaching me to read. Um, mm-hmm. When I was maybe, I don't know, three or four, she was probably reading to me. And, you know, maybe I saw the book, I don't, I couldn't say. But. Uh, and you're saying you could see the, that painting from that same spot? Yes. Okay. Right. That's cool. Yeah, so I'm, I don't know how all that's. So that, like, a, 
that spot was that like yeah that little spot on the bed was like very much foundational (laughs) (laughs) yeah foundational that's definitely definitely where the word stuff started (laughs) yeah right yeah and and so that's where you're getting words and it's also like your first word was like engraved Mm -hmm. into the (laughs) scene sure (laughs) Sure. and i'm 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 certain it's like the birth of language (laughs) exactly exactly Right. It's probably your concern. That's the bed. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. So those are those are right up there. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I don't I don't think about them much, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's just from this prompt. From right. The, yeah. <laughs> but, but they are. They're still knocking around in my head. Huh. Yeah, I wonder what it, it would be like to um, investigate them a bit more and maybe like write write about them. Mm-hmm. Write about how they may may have affected you. Um, especially how intense those first three were like right. in terms of just psychological impact. Yeah. You, you probably made made some judgment calls in those moments. No doubt, right? <laughs> that was the first twist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it might be, yeah. I'd, I'd be really curious to see what you what you might find. And I'll kick it around in the uh, investigation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and especially because they those are the first ones that come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, one of my first um, memories was um, also uh, had to do with dogs, um, and it's one that I've got a couple memories that pretty much always. When I think back, they're like the first that come up for years. They're the first two that come up. And they're both dog-related. Um, some dog mojo in the porters. <laughs> Porter uh, world. Um, and, yeah, and both of them, I'm not sure if they're... Yeah, I don't know if they were if they actually happened or if they were a dream kind of thing. Um, but they, as far as I'm concerned, they happened in some, mm-hmm. some fa- fashion. And one was, um, my earliest was me, um, baby, probably like, I don't know, still sitting most of the time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so one or two or something. Yeah. Um, sitting in our living room, um, which facing the front door, um, so that basically accounts meant for those listening. Um, 
on either side of me, our front, the front of our house was a long hall, horizontal hall of sorts, and with the front door in the center. And so I was sitting in front of the front door, and to my left and right, there was basically a hall that extended. And um, I was just sitting down, baby style, and I remember it's this really like warm light, like maybe it was morning, kind of a morning glow coming in, mm-hmm. and there was just a bunch of puppies running around. Um, and mm. my sense was uh, that it was um, that brief moment of Spock having. Oh, right. Our childhood dog. <laughs> right. And he, one, uh-huh. one time, I think it was, got out, got out and impregnated a neighbor dog. Is that how that... Yeah, it, no, it was actually on a walk in uh, Worth Park. Because <laughs> that's where we used to walk him all the time. Okay. And it's, most of the time, he was off leash. Mm. Uh, because it was a long time ago and nobody cared and he was a well-behaved dog and he found this bitch (laughs) who was ready (laughs) and the guy who, who owned the other dog Saw them, you know. We both saw them in, a, in the distance, <laughs> but there was nothing anybody could do. It was very fast, <laughs> and uh, they got locked together, you know, just like they're supposed to, you know. <laughs> and with the, with the might of evolution. Exactly. <laughs> Holding them together. <laughs> right. Everything in the universe. <laughs> Holding these two dogs together. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah. we got up to them. They were, you know, they were trying to get apart, but that wasn't happening. And it seemed to me we were near the creek. Uh, and I... We managed to edge them over into the water. And they were still attached? They were still attached. And you just... Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, the, there was a release. <laughs> um, and I do, I do remember those puppies. They were beautiful. Mm. Because the... the um, the female dog <laughs> was um, Samoya, I think. I think that's right. Samoya. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, like a husky. Okay. Like a mal- not a not as big as a Malamute, but smaller. Than that. Okay. Okay. But the same general configuration and wolf-like. long hair and you know, kind of wolf like. Cool. And uh, <laughs> interestingly colored, mm. kind of not speckled, but variegated colors, you know, black and white Color. and gray. And 
tortoise stuff that maybe maybe and yeah, blue not, eyes. not quite not speckled but there, there's like a um, like kind of watery right looking at the brush <laughs> right you can't quite tell the line between right colors yeah, yeah. But lots of different shades of gray that's all it was yeah and she had blue eyes mm. um, and the the puppies were just stunning really oh they were beautiful <laughs> you know. wow that's cool <laughs> that's interesting okay that's cool. that's yeah so the yeah the memory was those puppies just Leaping around and me being in the center of it and just being like, yeah. this is amazing. <laughs> yes. This is amazing. Because <laughs> yeah, we, only, we only saw them once, I think. Yeah. And I was, mm-hmm. you know, I think we were, I don't know whether Janice was or not, but I was certainly tempted to get a puppy, but mm-hmm. we had enough to do with <laughs> three children and one dog was plenty. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Part of you is like, but I want to guess the other one. Wow. the puppies get the mother's owners yes. take them? Yes. And they don't deal yeah. with them. Right. Yeah. And their coloring was was like uh, the mother's. Mm. You know, not that speckled, you know, darker coat-like, like Spock's. Yeah, because Spock was like black with like white. A little white, a little, little gray here and there, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so that's a one. Yeah, that's one. Um, and, um, it's, yeah, that's the earliest earliest memory and then the other one um, that uh, has yeah can stayed with me um, was even more kind of dreamlike in a way um, it's kind of like a spiritual sequel to the, the first <laughs> one um, where um, Seems like that was the case with yours too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where um, we were, it was me and mom. I think it was just me and her walking through near the train tracks that were near our house. Mm-hmm. So we, our house. It was near the park. Yeah, yeah. And I remember as you went down away from our house, the right. the streets kind of slanted down and right. then it went down to train tracks and then I was like, yeah, there's a park. Right. Was that Worth Park? That was Worth Park. That was Worth Park. Mm-hmm. So cool. Um, <laughs> and we were walking through there and it must have been summer because the dr- grass was dry and like golden. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point near the end of it, as we were on our way back, um, we encountered this big white kind of wolf dog, um, maybe a husky, um, Mm -hmm. that started, that was kind of aggressive and 
Um, I've got a story about that dog. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so it was real. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't just a dream. Um, interesting. Yeah. So that it, um, it was at least barking at us. And I feel like it began to chase us a little bit. Mm. Um, and, you know, we yeah. scampered off. And in my memory, I just remember, yeah, fear, running, and then at some point looking back, and then it was just gone. Yeah. And that's the dreamy part of it, where I'm like, I see. Were you there? Like, is this a dream? Right. Um, don't you know? <laughs> um, but that, yeah, that, that dream has stayed with me and now has, like, has been kind of a a sort of an association with like early fear in my life. Um, and I've kind of I've had this kind of growing mythology around dogs and wolves oh. um, that kind of centers around that and the wolf okay. being this kind of symbol for me of uh, kind of the predator Mm-hmm. Um, and the predator within, and okay. um, and yeah, and I've I've and I also want a white wolf one day. Balance. <laughs> <laughs> <Right. clears throat> yeah, that will be like this real uh, achievement of, of many sorts. Right. Um. Yeah, yeah. So, so can you say, yeah, can you tell me about that dog? That was, that was a neighborhood dog. Yes. <clears throat> I'm not, I used to know his name. Uh, because at some point, uh, he attacked Spock. Oh, uh, an asshole. Yes. He's <laughs> extremely ill-mannered, uh, and his owner, uh, you know, most people would let their uh, dogs off leash, um, and it was usually okay, because, you know, most dogs are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, this dog was not, and she knew it. <laughs> yes, because she, uh, he had tried to uh, attack Spock before. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the first time, huh. but um, I was there, and uh, he wasn't ready to take on both of us. <laughs> and she, you know, so we had enough time for her to. Uh, get closer and, you know, grab him and, you know, put him on a leash. Um, this time, um, I couldn't. I mean, I, I wasn't close enough. Um, and he, he, he chewed Spock a little. He mm-hmm. did some damage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, could, I took him to the vet and I guess 
I guess he got stitches or you know some kind of treatment anyway. Okay, and this was the second encounter. This was the yeah, at least the second encounter. Might have been okay. the third. Okay, that's the the climax. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, and. Uh, his owner worked at the Wedge mm. Co-op. The Co-op in Minneapolis? Yes. And... Where I get panda bars. Panda <laughs> 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 uh, bars. It was an institution then. I'm sure it still is there. Yeah. Uh, and... I don't know if she told me. I'm not sure what the deal was. Somehow I found out where she lived. And the owner. The owner. Okay. She may have given me her address when this happened, and, and I'm fuzzy on that. But after I took him to the vet, and you know, when I got the bill, I took it to her. And she paid for it. Cool. That was, yeah, that was good. Honorable. <laughs> yes, right. Wise move. And um, from then on, I, I had, a, had a an iron bar. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, uh, what do they call those things? Rebar. That you used to scrape yeah. in concrete, you know. Okay, okay. That you would when you would go walking with when Spock. When I go walking with Spock and um, So you could be more of a team. So we so we could be more of a team. Mm -hmm. And it was really just for I wanna say curly, but I don't know if that's right or not. Um and that I told dog, her that white dog, right? That white dog. And then I told her that uh, I would always have a weapon. You let her know ahead of time. Like, like, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm not just going to kill him. I just, but I want you to know mm -hmm. that <clears throat> this is not going to happen head. again. <laughs> I, will, I will protect <laughs> my. The ending is going to be my, different next time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was that was really the end of it. Uh, I, I don't think I saw her, you know, walking in ever again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know, you know, if she changed her route or what the deal was. But yeah, uh, once we got a clear understanding, then everything was okay. Yeah, of, of there being consequence. Yes. Suddenly, <laughs> now there is order. Yes, order has been. <laughs> Not restored, but imposed anyway. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the that's what I know about the white dog. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is this is very interesting to me for a couple different reasons. Um, I think I'll start with. Um, the dreamy portion first, and then I'm um, I. I like to talk about that um, perhaps uh, that protection that protective element mm. and how, how big of a moment and like what that did to the whole situation um, but the, the the dreamy moment within that is hearing that is really interesting because um, what was that that was on a walk that that fight happened. Yes. Because as you said it, I, I do kind of remember vaguely 
that event that like there was a dog fight <coughs> Spock getting a little wounded in the, in the battle um, and I make and it's just really interesting to just in my own dream world I had a years years ago probably like 10 years ago um, I was having a lot of wolf dreams and um one of them was like where I was at um it was nighttime at our 16th street house um and I feel like there were a bunch of different a bunch of black kind of wolfish dogs but they were more like They're like short hair, mm-hmm. short hair wolf, wolfy dogs, mm-hmm. um, and this was after some dreams of wolves like being more pre- predatory. Okay. Um, but this in this dream, there was I think there's a bunch of them, and there's a sense of them being wounded, and and then one specific uh, wounded dog wolf black dog wolf that um, had like its I think one of its legs like he was missing a paw he was pretty fucked up Um, and it was this like yeah very symbolic moment of what had in past dreams been a predator um, was now like wounded and was like coming to me for like help Um, and was clearly like in need it's like not in predator mode <laughs> um, and it's interesting to remember that dream um, and then recall that memory of Spock and mm. in this moment I'm just wondering like yeah I wonder what kind of effect that had on me as a kid um Mm-hmm. At least this moment, and reading it, reusing it, and reading it into it, um, I suspect that was a pretty intense moment of just encountering violence, encountering mm-hmm. like that level of conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, that I hadn't before. Um, and mm-hmm. Yeah, and perhaps perhaps that event kind of and that dog, Curly, like the Curly and Spock <laughs> dynamic may may have like kind of <clears throat> been the seeds for this kind of mythos could be in my life. <laughs> that could easily be. Yeah, and um, and now I remember a time when Curly attacked me. Okay. Uh, and you were there. So this is just getting increasingly. I know. <laughs> because I was on my bike towing the trailer. Okay, and I was in the back. And it was probably you and Joe, you know. 
and so the I little got bike like, trailer that you had hooked to the back of your bike. And right. Joe and, and I could fit. Burley. Yeah. yeah. Burley. That's right. And <laughs> and they and I was you know the arrangement was fortunate because I was able to get the bike between Curly and me. Mm. So he couldn't get to me mm. because I've got a bike with no kickstand and two little boys in a trailer. Yeah. And I'm, 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 I'm you and I have available. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and the bike worked. And then she came up and, um, you know, got, and got him. And I remember that's when I told her, I see him again. If he comes at me again, you'll be missing a dog. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so that, so the Spock encounter happened. Right. And that was its own thing. Right. The Spock and encounter was, had, was before that. Before that, and then this even closer encounter with you yes. have your dog child and then you right. have your, your child child yes. and it's like and there is the line <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah this is very interesting it's intensely interesting <laughs> yeah this it seems to tie into so much a bunch of stuff so much yeah, yeah. um Yeah, I don't even <laughs> try not get overwhelmed by the implications of significance. Yeah, it's very interesting. And I think so, the protective element there um, is interesting for me because that's, um, I'm thinking more about protection right now, mm-hmm. and it's where I'm going next with this group of guys. Um, it's the okay. next conversation, and um, yeah, the question of what does it mean to protect, or what does it mean to be a protector? Mm-hmm. Suppose a pause. <laughs> Howdy. Yeah. So that that scene of protecting. Um, protecting is really interesting to me. Um, Because it's clearly so, it was, it's clearly so necessary. And in that moment, obviously necessary. Um, And protectiveness, um, for me, there's this question of like, where where does it belong? Um, And so I guess there's lots of different (laughs) ways I can go with this, but.
Well, that's interesting. I'm not quite sure. I'm just going to jam with this, but I'm not sure quite where I'm going. But it's interesting to see within our memories um, the different fun, yeah, common threads and how those, at least those first few, um, kind of brushes with danger for you. Mm-hmm. Um, stood out and um, just kind of imposing a bit of my my lens of protection and mm-hmm. like in those cases and in the case of me and the, the white dog there's like a question of like um, who is protecting um who is the protector here um, in face of this danger? Like, how do you respond to this mm-hmm. danger? And um, I suppose in your case, like your mom was clearly the kind of lifeline, sure, protecting protecting you from <laughs> right. <laughs> and, in the like train scene the there was kind of a moment of her like not being able to right um, yeah which was kind of the feeling for me with the white dog I didn't mm-hmm. mom was just there and we were both mm-hmm. trying to escape Mm-hmm. But there wasn't a sense of like, oh, mom will protect me. Mm-hmm. It was more like, no, we have to leave. Right. That's the only option is flee. <laughs> like, sometimes you just have to fight. Yeah, so there's no fight here. There's just flight. <laughs> right. And, and so there, in that scene, there was no like mm-hmm. protector. Right. Um, but it sounds like... And that later on, you you were the you were the protector. Um, and um, yeah, I'm not sure exactly where I'm going with this. I'm just generally curious about like yeah the role of the protector and where. Um, that belongs. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. And I was <clears throat> and you know have been surprised more than once at how uh, kind of natural <laughs> uh, it, ha- it has felt for me to adopt that role. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, it's not something you have to, like, decide. You don't have to, you know, <laughs> you don't have to decide anything. <laughs> it's more of just allowing it this, to occur. But, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, how far does it go? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> right. Like the, um, when, and, you know, this is, you know, this is part of it. I mean, I can think of two, three instances, I guess, when uh, I, I was thrust in, <laughs> into, into that. Um, one was when uh, some uh, miscreant stole your bike. Yeah, that was the other memory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so basically right out front of our house, there's this, uh, we have this little hill, community area. Um, that was mostly like most of my associations with that hill and the whole neighborhood was mm -hmm. of safety. Yes. Besides like these two events and then that one time Jess got jumped. And then it was just like very, very, very safe feeling. Mm -hmm. And then these specific anomalies that were right. like, what the f How did that happen? Where did that come? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, snakes in the garden. <laughs> Um, so yeah, basically just right out front of my house, just on my back, and I think um, these these two kids came up, a little older than me, not much, but enough, good, enough yeah, <laughs> two kids, and they're like, hey kid, you got a lighter? And I was like, I'm a child. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, and then they're like, then they proceeded to... Um, I said, yeah, give me your bike, and basically just physically took me off yeah. of it, and then mm -hmm. stole it, mm -hmm. and then I was <laughs> still left there, just like, yeah. well, shit, <laughs> <Yeah>. dang it, <laughs> yes, damn it, and um, yeah, it was definitely very, a very uh, <laughs> stuck, yeah, stuck, because it was such an anomaly for sure that neighborhood um, and it was just out of nowhere just like broad daylight sure. middle of the day it was cloudy so mm -hmm. it had some of that going on <laughs> <laughs> sunny day I don't know if that would happen would go down. No. but that that inspired some prote protector uh, yes energy in you um, evoked the protector in you and uh, yeah, I, I remember, uh, and I mean, it was, I don't know if it was increased or not, but uh, the same thing had happened to Jai you had some years before. Bike stolen. You had his bike stolen. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Pretty much in the same way, as, as far as I can tell. Um, and that time, I, I rode around the neighborhood, and when my bike was stolen, both of them, both of them, right? And when when uh, when when it was Jai's bike, I rode across. What was what was that street? Plymouth. Where it was on the it was oh, on the other the side. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was across the street where Lincoln School was, over in that other kind of a different neighborhood. 
Okay. And I saw I saw the guy mm. standing on a, on the <laughs> sidewalk talking to his buddy. How old do you think he was? Teenagers? Uh, barely, maybe 13. Okay. You know, something like that. <clears throat> and learned to handle testosterone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he was standing there talking to, a, to his friend, and I rode up and said, uh, You stole that bike? I'm taking it. <laughs> Same way he tried to, you know, bluff me. <laughs> I said, no, you don't understand. I'm taking this bike. I said, where's your daddy? Mm-hmm. I want to talk to your father. Yeah. And I see, this is uh, uh, my, I, subconsciously, I knew that's unlikely. That you'll be able to talk to his father. That I'll be able to talk to his, to his father. Yeah. But, uh, so, but I said I, I want to talk to you. I, I want to talk to you to your father. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he said no. I said, give me the, give me the bike. I mean, I didn't grab him. I grabbed the bike. Uh-huh. And I said, you know, this is this is what happened. That's all you can tell anybody you want to. Uh, and I I rode back with you know. The bike, you know, you see bike thieves yeah, doing that yeah, all yeah. the time. <laughs> That's what I Right. So when it happened to you, I did the same thing. Yeah, I remember riding around with you. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, uh, cause I, I, I guess I got on my bike. And I remember riding down alleys and um, I was entirely irate. Mm. And it's probably a good thing I didn't find you. Because they had this second encounter. Because it was the second time. Built up a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't ordinarily grab somebody else's child. Yeah. But it it could have happened then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could, you know, of course, none of that happened, and you got a new bike at Christmas, and it was okay. (laughs) You know, as far as I had done all I could anyway. Yeah. Um, but just in, in terms of protection, yeah. Uh, there was another time when you guys were playing out front, and Joe. Somebody came and told me. I think. I don't. I don't think it was you. Some other little, little person. Mm-hmm. And said that somebody was picking on Joe. Mm. So I came out, and there was a, a little boy. You know, quite a bit older than Joe, but you know, Joe was about five, I'd say. Yeah. And the little boy was eight or nine. And he was he was on his bike. And uh, on Joe's bike. No, no, he was on his own bike. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure that we even had a bike at that point. Mm. Um, and it, it bothers me now, but I, you know, I remember um, 
he was he was straddling the bike standing <clears throat> and the seat was just was high enough to hit him in the lower back you know just standing there like uh, and so I grabbed the handlebar and after I had somehow ascertained that this was the guy because he was new you know he was, to the he was new to the neighborhood yeah he didn't live around there mm. and I gave him a talking to him yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the, this is a bad idea. Let's see how this will end now. This <laughs> is a bad idea. <laughs> bring this to a close. <laughs> and if you, if I ever see you around here again, I, I want to see your father with you. Hmm. By that time, I just assumed that he could. He he was lucky if he knew his father. Yeah, much yeah, less yeah. been able to to bring him to yeah. account. You know. Okay. So. Um, but I wanted him to be sure, to make sure that he knew there would be dire consequences if I ever saw him nearby. And I would, every time, and I would just keep pulling the chicken that bike and make that seat dig into his back. Mm -hmm. I know I gave him some pain, but that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, he wasn't, you know, permanently injured or anything, but I wanted him, I wanted him to know and very likely he didn't have a dad. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, it seems to be a common thing with bullies. It is. It is. And it's a common thing with prisoners, too. Most of my students don't know, didn't, well, they hardly ever grew up with a, a father. Mm -hmm. Some of them don't know who he was. Yeah. And half the ones who knew who he was, uh, he was in prison. Mm -hmm. uh, but there was no, and even the ones who, you know, who, who knew their father didn't live with him. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I don't, I don't have any good <laughs> explanation for all that, but it's, it's a crucial element, Yeah, clearly. Uh, and the, the old man doesn't have to be a great guy. You know, you know, he doesn't have to be a hero or a good provider or, or anything. Mostly he just has to be there. And, you know, my theory is that it's helpful for um, a boy to see a, a man close up. Mm. Day in, day out. Mm -hmm. Good, bad, rainy, sunny. Mm. Um, just as a point of you know comparison, if nothing else, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, and if there's nobody there, well, they're, they've got a hard road to hoe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you kind of have to like need someone to symbolize that part of your psyche right. that is trying that is trying to come into being. Mm -hmm. and the different parts of your psyche and it's very useful to have two parts yes yeah. right that you can because we do have a kind of binary two hemispheres of our experience and so it's very helpful to be able to project that 
upon parents. <laughs> right. And, and it's, I think it's a, a concrete example is invaluable. Yes. <clears throat> there is no replacing that. Right, apparently not. Which you know, is why it sounds like, yeah, you'll find it somewhere. Whether that's like gang or like an older peer. Right. You will find it or like someone. Yeah, it's like a, it's a void that will be, can't remain unfilled. Right, something's going to fill it. Mm-hmm. Right, and it can mm-hmm. be anything or mm-hmm. almost anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that matter, and, and the, you, you mentioned gangs, and I think that a major attraction seems to be that uh, it's it's some older guys uh, who at least say they like you, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, and that you can look up to. Mm-hmm. Not real far up, but you know, a little. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've heard gang member gang members talk about the love that they felt, you know, from these other guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as they met the standards. As long as you, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes before. You know, before they get, you know, jumped in or whatever the ritual is, because there's always something you have to undergo. Uh, But it's it's that love that makes them go through it, makes them put up with it, or, you know, lets them be, you know, beat down and glad about it, you know. Yeah. Uh, It's not that kind of connection with... uh, Respectable men mm-hmm. in that context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's interesting. When you say that it's rooted. It begins with a kind of love and a, mm-hmm. and a welcome and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, that's what then leads them to go through right. whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever's to, necessary to continue that. <clears throat> yeah, mm-hmm. and I. I I didn't know or feel any of that when you guys were coming along. This is all, I mean, because I didn't know prisoners and, mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I mean, whatever I, whatever I did right was sheer luck, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> because I had no idea that you know, parenthood is. I don't. I don't know that there's a way to prepare anybody for it. Uh, that because it was just for me, no. it was just tremendous responsibility. Yeah. And you know, love and attachment and you know, stuff that uh, was just. It was for me. It was just unimaginable. Yeah. Before that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I can imagine that, yeah, there's a, there's a certain degree of it that, um, yeah, you, you, you just, of course, cannot know until you're there. Right. Um, I met, and I also imagine there's, there's gotta be ways of preparing people to be parents, um, 
And I think my growing sense is, yeah, that there's lots of wisdom out there. It's just we got to care about doing it. <laughs> yes, and it has to be valued. Parenting <laughs> has to be valued. Um, right. Right. Because it's all there. I think it seems like we've been working on that for yeah, I for a long fucking time. <laughs> There's <laughs> plenty of wisdom. It's just people have to That's want true. to do it. That's true. Um, yeah. On top of you know the unique like brand new this child has never existed before. Right. <laughs> or yeah. underneath that. Yeah. Rather, if we're going foundational. <clears throat> <clears throat> quite an experience. <laughs> well, I can say it's not something I thought about as a kid, but looking back, I definitely felt safe with you. I felt protected by you. Yeah. And yeah, that was, that felt very well established just as like a baseline. Yeah. Good. And felt <laughs> felt that within like I could see that in hindsight too with kids in the neighborhood, like I could feel that as an undertone, like things weren't would never get too hairy. <laughs> right. Because I've got dad. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And, Push gun the shove. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all good. <laughs> it's, it's all good. But yeah, it's uh um, priceless. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and part of what I'm I'm thinking of in terms of like, so that kid who's bullying younger bro. Um, like. Like, so in that moment, you were kind of protecting Joe, um, and the assumption is that that kid probably didn't have a father or much of a relationship with his father. Right. Um, probably a good, good guess, um, based on mm -hmm. the data. <laughs> yeah. And it makes me think that, um, so he had never encountered probably and who knows this is all conjecture but like it seems like a general common thing but he may he may not have ever encountered um, a protector before that's and possible I'm, and I'm, I'm thinking in terms of like that's part of what a, a father is supposed to be within the within the family unit as well um, traditionally is like he is the protector He's, he protects the family from outside threat, but he also protects the family, like, from inner, inner threats and, like, holds standards mm -hmm. and protects uh, the child from doing uh, what? Harm to his future self. Right. And protects. Uh, the yeah, the integrity of the family, right? Uh, by whole being a kind of a movable object when it comes 
down to like elemental principles. Right. When all else fails, you can count on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as to be a, just a wall if necessary. <laughs> sometimes, and, yeah. and sometimes that's what I, I think the protector looks like. It's just sure. standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with what protection looks like in uh, what the spiritual domain, the psychological domain, when it's not purely physical. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, it's you know it's fuzzier than it. That's when you run into, uh, you know, just do as I say. <laughs> You'll understand later why all this is important. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. I know it doesn't hang together right now, but you got to trust me on this one. Yeah. You know, don't don't put your hand in the fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not going to turn out well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, yeah, which can clearly be abused. Sure. <laughs> it's not all fire. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and you're not sure why you're saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's tricky. <laughs> yeah. So where are we? Um, probably near the end, um, I think. Um, I'm thinking of a memory that's kind of within these themes, uh, okay. which was where a situation in which I had to protect myself, um, which was like third grade or fourth grade. It was fourth grade, and. This is Parkview. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry. And a school at which you were often a sub, interestingly yes. enough, too. Right. <laughs> interesting experience. Um, there's a group of kids at this school. Um, there's multiple grades in the same class. Yeah. It was like fourth through sixth, I think. Mm-hmm. And the sixth graders were like basically adults. Right. Um, <laughs> for all yeah. intents and purposes. <laughs> and so there was like a mix of sixth and fifth graders, boys, that were like, had a little like play gang. Yeah. Um, I remember them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those guys. <laughs> and um, at some point in my, in my, real first confrontation with the gang itself might have been early in the early in the year I'm not sure mm. um, but my encounter with that gang of boys within that um, they were always cool to me um, but there was a moment of there was like the high ranking kids you know and then there was a lower ranking dude who I don't know if was exactly in it he was just around we were on the playground a little Mm. off to the side Mm. and for some reason the low ranking not necessarily in the gang kid got pissed at me (laughs) and I don't exactly remember why like in hindsight I feel like it maybe had something to do with 
maybe some like tension of who was going to be accepted uh, by these older kids. Me. Sure. And so he was like, "Well, I got to kill you." Right. So I'm gonna have to kill you. Um, <laughs> and um, and there was like some little bit of lead up, and there was like a fight brewing be between him and I and I was like what <laughs> when did this begin <laughs> and, and I just remember a moment of him like trying to he like, tried to like drop kick me he, like he really went on the, like a oh. thing like yeah really went out some, like there was something he saw on TV like, he, yeah there was like a synthesis of things that were yeah. being expressed in that movie and I just remember a moment of like still being like, what the hell is going on? And just doing some sort of like swipe and like he basically just fell down and just like knocked his leg out of the way or something yeah. and he fell down. And it was like this really big moment because like these older kids saw me and were like, all right. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, triumph. <laughs> yeah, for me, but it, but it, it wasn't a triumph though. It was like it was very confusing at the time because I was just like, I, bet. I wasn't at all trying to fight him. I just it was like a child aikido move, and just I was like, little, little tai chi. Yeah, yeah I was like, well, I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all. I just don't want that. <laughs> and and then there's yeah, and then that got me in which was, you know, worked out for my experience of that year yeah. having those guys on my side. Sure. Um <laughs> But it was really one of the only times I've had to like yeah, protect myself. Oh. Um, Outside of, you know, sibling rivalry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the only, yeah, it's only time I had to protect myself, and it was, um, yeah, it's a very, it was a strange experience where, like, it was just necessary. It wasn't something that um, I needed to, like, it was similar to how you were said it, can't, it just comes up, it arrives mm -hmm. as needed, and then you decide how far it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, but, yeah, for me, it was just very simply, like, not wanting it to happen, <laughs> and, and a kind of calm, which is interesting, was part of what was interesting about it, it was very much this calm, future mm -hmm. Tai Chi Ade that <laughs> helped me do the thing, and just see him on the ground, like, <laughs> Here we go. Like, yeah, is this yeah. over? Is this over? Um, yeah, so you do anything to say about that? Thinking about as I bring that memory up this time. That's, uh, so, what was your relationship with him after that? Do you remember? Um, he definitely never tried that shit again. Um, <laughs> well, <I don't> do. <laughs> um, I don't really remember anything about him after that. Yeah. So that was basically the end of the background. Yeah, that's that was good. basically it. Um, mm. That was basically it. And 
Yeah, and as far as protective incidents, I think that's it was a good one. Mm-hmm. It was a good one. Um, I think that's generally how a lot of the situations ought to go, um, and possibly could go. Um, and that's the kind of yeah, that's the, the philosophy behind things like Aikido and Tai Chi. Like sure, you. The best way to protect yourself is is uh, this combination of um, really allowing the threat to do itself in. Right. Allowing that threat to just blow through, just, yeah. and you, uh, through practice, develop a. A structure of yourself that is able to adapt to the situation, mm-hmm. um, and um, yeah. So it's definitely in terms of protection. That's why I try to start if it's possible um, I think yeah starting starting out with the threat what I guess allowing the threat to uh, Diverting it, diverting its attention. Right, um, right. Just direct that force somewhere. Somewhere else, yeah. yeah and, and see where that goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, um, and I think that can be done with um, communication. Um, um, Yeah, in the art of not uh, taking one's fury personally, um, and the art of de-escalation. So, okay, so now I'm thinking in terms of, and this may be near my end, um, personally, but I'm thinking in terms of one way of protecting um, is, yeah, is, is, is being able to, one way of protecting without uh, physical conflict is being able to redirect the attention, mm-hmm. redirect the energy. That's, yeah, that's the Tai Chi um, kind of philosophy. Um, and I'm seeing that within like heated conversations I've had, the very few, 
Um, and I'm thinking of one in particular. Um, that wasn't, there was no threat of physical conflict, but it was a heated conversation. So there was a psychological battle going on <laughs> that I successfully de-escalated. And it was the same sort of thing of being able to uh, take the momentum behind this person's uh, person at that moment and direct it and help uh, decide where it should go mm-hmm. but it's a kind of a give and take because you, sure. you just take it and then direct it somewhere rather than trying to stop it right, right. Um, rather than absorb it yourself yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and I think that's in terms of like I think that often I suspect that can that ought to be where it starts um, oh. before things escalate to physical violence. You start by, before it comes to the point where you have to stop something, you mm-hmm. redirect the energy, redirect the conversation, redirect the attention, um, or just direct it, period. Direct mm-hmm. the conversation. Uh, uh, And, um, well, that's part of like the ability to listen to, I think it requires an ability to listen. Yes, to someone in order to really de-escalate something, um, hear them out, guide their focus through like questions. Um, mm-hmm. Get them to articulate as fully as possible what they're going through, right. what it is exactly that they're pissed about. <laughs> right. Yeah, how did wrong? this get started? Yeah. yeah. Help them lay out the land. Right. Um, put words to what they're experiencing. Has uh, Has anybody been done that for you? Where I was heated. Yeah. Although I can see how, you know, if it's if it's well done or skillfully done or something, you might might not even recognize it. You know, just things changed, and but we might not be aware of why. I mean, I'm sure it happens. Like. In little ways. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, it wouldn't have to be major. Yeah. And, and ideally, it wouldn't, it would never be major. Yeah. Somebody I, could uh, detect and, you know, and has the sensitivity to, right. yeah, to work with the energy when it's still psychological. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
not yeah in, t- in tiny ways but I, it's hard for me to think of um I was just curious. Yeah, it's interesting for me to think about. It. The, what comes to mind is that um, in a lot of my life, I've tried not to be the aggressor. Um, and yeah. tried to not be that person. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I've also taken too far in some ways. Because trying to not do something only goes so far. Right. <laughs> right. And... Uh, yeah, it's a little like, you know, not asking for more. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I suppose I could... Yeah, I, I could be a little more wild and allow other people to flex their protective skills. <laughs> See what you got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's <laughs> so, yeah. idea. I guess the last thing I'll say, um, just gonna also try and do some research here, um, is um, yeah, see what you what you think of of it. Um, yeah, I think that protector role. Yeah, it's ancient. Sure, it's like deep. Yeah. Yes, deep. Um, There's some very basic stuff there. Fundamental, right? Protect life. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's continuity. Um, and for most of history, yeah, man has been the protector. Yeah of the situation and my I've been thinking that we live in a time that's physically um, safer than it's ever been sure in all of probably history right and and so that role that man has provided is no longer needed physically in the same way right like we're not done like um, but it's no longer needed in the same way and I think that's a part of the aimlessness amongst men almost certainly um <clears throat> Or that was a very meaningful and uh, important and essential role is protecting against protecting the family, oneself, mm-hmm. physical threats. Yeah, your clan or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And 
and yeah, and meaningful specifically, like where you where it was you were useful. Yes. And necessary. <laughs> Undeniably. Undeniably, yeah. Yes. But that's not the case anymore. But, no. Um, physically, but what I do think is still the case, it is the protector doesn't go away. It becomes uh, more of a, it gets abstracted, it has to be abstracted, um, it has to be interpersonal, it has to be psychological, it has to be mm-hmm. more and more spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what the like new man has to, the like next OS of man has to come to terms with. Mm-hmm. Um, is the spiritual protector or something. Um, and the, the holder of principle, the man of principle, there's definitely precedence for that kind of idea. Sure. And the man of standards and um, who holds, who protects the vibe, <laughs> right. who protects the like integrity <laughs> of the vibe, the integrity of like the quality of the the product, sure, um, quality control. <laughs> that seems like mm-hmm. an, that's another protector role. Um, and quality control across the board. Um, and that's still just as important, so just as necessary. Um, but it's more of an internal experience. And right. That's part of, I think, what the, the new development of man has to involve. <clears throat> yeah, well, good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> It's a tough nut, anyway. (laughs) Anyway, it shows up. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll say I can say a little bit just for me. Like protecting my time, protecting of my experience yeah quality control I like that as just a general um, kind of base association with protector mm-hmm. uh, quality control and like not protecting from like necessarily beasts and things but there is a kind of um, and you have to protect it from what? What's <sighs> I'm trying to <laughs> um, 
Well, well, yeah, where I can, because yeah, it's a whole big world of things and of thought. But one one thing I can I can latch onto is um, just energetic protection uh, and it's something I'm trying to develop more relationship to and develop more of a sense of um, when I feel protective of myself, say emotionally oh. or energetically and honoring that and um, allowing myself to be protective um, of myself and um, Yeah, because there is just a, like, even in the good-natured, even in a world of completely good-natured intentions, um, just self-interest, you have to, like, sort out if someone else's self-interest is in your interest. And you do have to, like... You don't have to fight them, but there's a protection of your interests, right. your property. Um, mm-hmm. That's necessary if um, you're yeah. going to maintain the integrity of what you're doing and the quality of it. Mm. Yes. And of course, part of that is the, uh, the difficulty of knowing and identifying self-interest and recognizing it mm-hmm. for them and ourselves. <clears throat> because, you know, and I can, I can think of a specific example, although probably eventually, uh, there are times when I didn't really know what was best for me. Yeah. You know, until it was over. <laughs> You know, and sometimes it, I lucked out and sometimes I didn't. Um, but that, uh, you know, every, every moment is new. <clears throat> and sometimes they're familiar and sometimes they're foreign. Never run across that before. And it's, it's hard to know how to, how to react or act. Yeah, yeah, that's right. When it's sometimes it's hard to know how to act or react, and in those moments, yeah, that's yeah, that's in those moments. That's when you can kind of fall back on just your sense of protectiveness, because mm-hmm. I think, and that's what I'm trying to explore a bit more. Is like. When, when I, yeah, I don't know what I'm going for, but I do. I can feel when mm-hmm. um, the cell membrane needs to close, yes, or is closed <laughs> rather, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and I think that's there even when you don't know quite. You're not tuned into your desire. Mm-hmm. Um, that is there, and the no, as opposed to the yes, 
Um, yeah. And at least for me, and then just will project upon most of the world <laughs> and experience that. <laughs> yeah, and see what all see what happens. the world and see what happens. <laughs> What's that look like? Mm -hmm. I know that um, most, if if other people are like me, they don't have much of a real grounded relationship with their own protectiveness, mm -hmm. and probably um, see it in all sorts of different ways. Sure, their own like constant opening and closing of their yes yeah, walls. Mm -hmm. And I think specifically if, if men are like me, and probably a lot of people, but just if other men are like me, they may see it as uh, their own protectiveness as weak. Sure. Um, yeah, you could call it that. Uh, sometimes. Uh, and this... <laughs> I'm still um, surprised at uh, how wise um, that, that song is, was, is, still is, The Gambler. Because you do have to know when to hold her and when to fold her. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, and when to walk away and when to run. <laughs> that was a fundamental decisions, you know, we have to make over and over and over. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes that decision can, you know, your life can uh, be on the line. Or, uh, you know, in your psychological life, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that that's, it comes down to, you know, being awake to the need to choose Yes. And discern. And <laughs> yeah, I remember when, I don't know when that, when Kenny Rogers cut that, I would guess in the 70s maybe, I'm not sure. But, uh, this is great, great uh, it was, legacy. It was, it was, yeah, it was terrific. <clears throat> and I remember how my buddies and I were a little sheepish at uh, admiring this country and western song. Because mm. this had nothing to do with R and B at all. Yeah, and <clears throat> but he nailed it, you know. <laughs> you know he's right. right. Right, he's got so them. We have to give up the props. Because yeah, <laughs> if you get it, you get it. So <laughs> that was some very early um, um, psychological and cultural integration. Yeah, I think of like. A, for some reason, Facebook's been feeding me like little rap battles, and I think of like oh. the classic moment of like white boy spits. Yeah, and everyone's like, "You got a hand." You got it, <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. You must give credit <clears throat> where credit is due. Exactly. <laughs> if yeah. it's going to be ordered, that's it. Right, and then, and if you are to you know be a good person, 
Mm-hmm. You've got to recognize uh, mm-hmm. people who who represent the values you espouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I saw uh, there's a little clip. I don't know what show that he was on with um, Fifty Cent. Okay. <laughs> uh, Curtis Jackson. Curtis Jackson. <laughs> When he said, uh, um, somebody had asked him something about uh, Eminem. And he said, yeah, hip-hop is definitely black. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and I don't know if he said it was embarrassing, or, but it, it was difficult to accept that Eminem was so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he is. Mm-hmm. You know? and mm-hmm. to, uh, if you can't recognize that, then that's on you. Yeah, and you just won't be able to get better. You won't, right? Because you won't look at who's <laughs> better than see, you. You gotta see what everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's one of those cases where you what you well you have to let go of you have to relax your protection. Yeah, to relax your right. Because that's just defensiveness. Walls. That's not, yeah, you're mm-hmm. not really protecting anything other than this image you've got in your head. Yeah, you're not actually <laughs> protecting anything besides like uh, your ideas. Right. Um, yeah. And that's that's something that I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of the discerning faculty. You have to discern right. like, are you protecting? Something valuable, right? Or not? <laughs> and are you protecting something that should be able to stand on its own? And if it doesn't, mm-hmm. then you should rethink it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just an idea. And if if it can be uh, debunked, then you got to accept that debunk and move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's true. It's true. But it's also like a, it's a dance. Because on the other end, like, if it can't stand on its own, like, yes, ideally it should be able to. Um, but so, if it can't stand on its own, it doesn't necessarily mean you. Um, should let it fall away. Like, if it's just like a uh, young part of yourself oh. that that does need your protection mm-hmm. um, in some way, and that's just a fine, it's a nuanced <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> um, that, yeah, that's kind of where my head's been at as I kind of I've been thinking of like I'm very much trying to get in touch with my inner uh, woman mm-hmm. and the one that I'm trying to protect within mm-hmm. and, and and in light of my own seeing my like protectiveness is weak at times um, trying to 
change that attitude and be like, no, sometimes like <laughs> I do feel protective, um, needing to needing to affirm that, and um, yeah, which I think is just some like new age kind of distortions I've adopted along the way about needing needing to be open. Oh. And, Still have a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and if you're not open, then like something's wrong. <laughs> like it's because you have like some like distortions about in your psyche, and you know, something something <laughs> has to be like worked out. Um, mm-hmm. And just kind of yeah, growing weary of that kind of attitude. <laughs> <laughs> instead trying to go with more affirmation affirmative atti- attitude like when I feel protective like got it inner woman is speaking she's not feel good with this then we're like going somewhere else because <laughs> I'm on her team right, right. <laughs> fuck you guys <laughs> exactly yeah 